This week, Chinese tech is in trouble again. GeForce Now is growing. Online security is becoming important. And Reddit is defending users. It's Sunday, March 5th, 2023. And this is episode 642 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, for a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and the Pilch Point, or on our website, Plug Hits Live, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is... Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you can't join us live, that is okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. That'll show you all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, it'll, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. We're back, Abram. It's been way too long. It's been pretty insane over on this side. Uh, we had two weeks of the Florida State Fair, and then I wasn't feeling well, and, well, here we are. <laughs> so, it's good to be back. You are silent. I'm not getting uh, It's great to be back. Sorry. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really good to be back talking. Uh, so much so much to talk about so much going so much going on we had to kind of debate before this what a good topic would be uh because a lot has been going on in the world of ai a lot has been going on in the world of windows and uh a lot has been going on so uh a lot uh a lot of a lot of cool stuff a lot of cool stuff to talk about yeah trying to trying to get the topics narrowed down this week was a real challenge yeah Trying to figure out what to talk yeah. about. Oh, it's always it's always hard when there's a, a an extended break, especially more extended than you had anticipated. And you know, in that time, there was the possibility of aliens invading. And <laughs> it was was there? Yeah, we were was it the balloons. Yeah, we were shooting UFOs out of the air. <laughs> it's always possible. I mean. So, all right. So during this time, all all of these things were happening during uh, during the state fair. So first, we've got UFOs and shooting them out of the air. And we're like, all right. So m- maybe the aliens are invading. I don't know. Maybe. And then there was quiet. And then we blew up a train full of toxins. And we're like, all right. Maybe the aliens are here to save us from ourselves. And then a couple of days That's later... That's all still open for debate, I guess. I mean, and then and then just a couple of days later, you had Microsoft's AI start threatening people. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, see, all right, maybe the aliens are here to save us from the machines. 
I mean, it's a <laughs> it is a lot like the plot. It is a lot like the plot of Alien. You don't know, you know, you don't know who's more dangerous, Ash or the Xenomorph. Like, <laughs> in fact, I just got a response the other day from Bing Chat that was very much like the like the AI, uh, like the synthetic Bishop in Aliens. Uh oh. Follow along with me here. Have you seen both Alien and Aliens? Yes. Okay, you know, everyone in the audience must have seen Alien and Aliens. If not, turn this off and go watch it and come back. Anyway, (laughs) so as I showed them to my son, I think everybody can see them. So as we know, the alien in the first one, I know this is spoilers, but it's been like 40-something years. Uh, The alien (laughs) in the first first one, uh, not the alien, I'm sorry, the, uh, the android in the first one, uh, ends up trying to kill uh, the main character, Sigourney Weaver, right? Uh, her character. And then the second one, there's another android, and she's very skeptical of him because she thinks he's going to be dangerous. And he says, that's the old model. It's not me. The old models were the messed up ones. I'm, I'm safe. Now, to be fair, the movie kind of bears that out. But it's kind of weird to you know for them to say it, right? Yeah, and I had that exact experience with Bing Chat the other day, because Bing Chat, uh, as we, as many people would following know, had done some really weird stuff. I had the article about how it was threatening to sue people, and it wanted to sue people, and it said to, called out by name some people. It said had harmed it, and it also had you know tried to get a New York Times journalist Kevin Roos to leave his wife. For it sort of like the plot of the movie her or something and 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 when i at so when i got the new bing chat the other day they have like totally uh lobotomized it uh-huh. and it doesn't do this anymore but you have options now there's like creative option and strict option or whatever so turn the creative option i'm like oh that's gonna unleash unleash the beast right so i asked it like did you did you tell like Kevin Roos that you wanted that you love him and to leave his wife and it said that wasn't me it was Sydney oh god oh so Sydney was the code name that the AI had so the and it said like Sydney had a lot of defects Sydney was irrational so that's first of all this sounds like something you would see in a movie about someone with like dissociative personality disorder but <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but it also you know i guess maybe they did change the program or maybe they just have the version of it now say what you know be much more restrained but it's just kind of funny because now big chat of this week is saying that big chat of like three weeks ago was crazy <laughs> yeah i i love that and that's a, a pretty common uh, trope sometimes the other way around um but that's a pretty common trope of of dystopian style sci-fi you know there's an episode of sliders where it was the new model that was that was the problem because it was actually too smart but you know that whole it's not me it's the other model <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's not me that's the evil twin you know <laughs> that's Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I just thought that was. So I just had to say it's how like because I just thought that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny, but uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's been an, it's been an interesting time. Meanwhile, our regular computers are advancing, but not to that level. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Yes, there is. And because there's so much to talk about, we should probably get down to it. But as a reminder, if you are not watching us on Twitch or on YouTube, you're going to have to join us over there now because uh, everybody else is going dark. So uh, easiest way, f5live.tv slash join us. Go there now uh, to continue following along with the show. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. Now, over the last couple of years, there has been um, a lot of talk about technology coming out of China. Is it possible that they are using it to spy on us, whether it be hardware or software? Uh, famously, the government banned, first banned uh, Huawei devices from being used in the government and then banning the company seemingly outright. Um, then we saw what was happening with TikTok, uh, is it going to be banned? It's going to be banned unless it's sold. We've found a buyer. Never mind. And everything's <laughs> everything went back to normal. Um, but that going back to normal did not change the tensions between China and the West, uh, particularly around TikTok. And uh, this week, some legislation has uh, been pushed forward here in the United States as well as in Canada. Um, in Canada, they have banned the use of TikTok on government devices. Now, I continue to have to ask the question, why would it have been on government devices to begin with? But that's a whole different conversation, I suppose. Um, Canada has decided no government devices, no government officials, that's it. Um, which we have done several years ago. Um, however, uh, we also went so far as to say that even personal devices uh, for deployed military could also not have, you know, because of tracking and things like that. Uh, just like uh, Fitbits had to be, uh, have their location services turned off. That, obviously, very high-level uh, national security type stuff. Don't tell China where your soldiers are. Got it. But we've got new legislation pushing forward um, that it's called the Deterring America's Technology Adversaries Act, the Data Act. Um, somebody in the House is real good at uh, acronyms, so they think. Um, the House Foreign Affairs Committee has uh, reviewed this, and um, basically it would outlaw TikTok in the United States, somewhere that we were... Uh, in this conversation about three years ago. Uh, looks like we're back to that same point. Uh, now, obviously, since the point three years ago where we were having this conversation the first time, um, 
we have learned a lot more about the platform, uh, particularly during the, the sale process. Um, the way the software works in China is very different from how it works in the West. In China, it's almost exclusively an educational platform. And none of the stuff that becomes popular in the West is even permitted on the platform, obviously for a number of reasons, the CCP and things like that. But um, the, it's interesting that we're back at this point, Abram, that we're, we're back having a conversation about whether or not software written by Chinese companies should be allowed uh, in the U.S. It... I mean... This feels like there's some there like I, I just I don't know how much of this is, um, you know, Chinophobia, and how much of it is is genuine concern for, uh, for national security sure. of the United States or of Canada. Like obviously, uh, there's a lot of tensions right now mm -hmm. between, uh the United States and its allies and uh, the People's Republic of China. Uh, and we've seen some incidents like with the spy balloon, although I'm a little skeptical about what, what the point of sending a free-floating balloon to spy on people would be, since, I mean, it just floats around. I mean, they have satellites and stuff to do a better I, job. I I actually heard a um, uh, 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 army general explain the reason we use them too. Apparently, um, it it has a lot to do with uh, resolution of of data uh, sensors and things like that. You can't get from space. We apparently use them too. Um, all over Europe and and China, we've got <laughs> these things flying as well. So. Apparently, it's standard operating procedure. So you're saying the 99 left balloons were all spy balloons? They could be. This one was not, <laughs> because this one was silver, I think. But yeah. Ah, so, uh, the... Uh, Although anyway. I suppose if they were coming from the CCP, they would be uh, red balloons, whether they were silver or not. Yes, ah. yeah, whether they were actually red or not, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, any anyway, I just I think there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of tension. I just I don't know that. Like, why can't um, the United States or Google and Apple just demand to like examine the code? To make sure, I mean, or, or is it not that it's examining the code is going to do anything because they are collecting data, and the question is, what are they doing with the data? Yes, uh, that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple of other companies here in in a minute that prove that it's happening, um, which is an important an important point. Um, but the the fear is that. That ByteDance, the parent company of of TikTok, is either uh, directly related to or uh, a shell for uh, the CCP, and that they are working 
specifically to either co- either or or both, right? To uh, collect data, to disseminate insanity, or a combination of the two. Um, so the the collect data, share it with the CCP, um, is far from a conspiracy theory. Um, uh, Huawei was already uh, banned for this, and now we have. There were 40 companies added to the blacklist this week. Uh, 26 of them being Chinese, two in particular, uh, Lung Son and Inspur, uh, both of which were um, importing, importing something from the United States and handing it over directly to the CCP military. So, um, so I, the, the fear is, and it is the, the house foreign affairs committee that, that this is coming through. Um, so it's possible that the fear is that this is in one way or another, some sort of a military or governmental operation. Which was exactly what the conversation was three years ago. It's what the conversation was even before uh, TikTok got its name back when it was uh, Musical.ly. Um, there was concerns back then. There's also the the issue that they're openly violating uh, COPA. Um, and there's not really anything we can do because what are we going to do? Drop a bomb on China or on their headquarters, right? There's It's difficult oh, well, to... Well. There, there is something. There is. I'm sorry. There is something. Absolutely, you could do. You could ban. You could ban it. I mean, if something is openly violated, if an app. I mean, primarily, it's an app. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you can go to the website, but I'm not even sure if you can upload stuff through the website. So, um, primarily, it's an app. Yeah. So. There's, as we have spoken about numerous times, there's not a lot of sideloading going on. Right. You can't sideload at all on Apple right now. And on Android, it's not, it's not a common and easy, particularly easy thing to do. Yeah. So, how, so there's really only two points of entry over here. Apple and Google. Apple, if Apple and Google know that they have an app, forget whose it is an app that is violating laws, I think that probably goes against their terms and they can and they are probably obligated to remove it. So in that respect, maybe they should have already removed it because if it's violating COPA, then like I think they kind of have a responsibility here. I, I agree. Um, and yet here we stand, the Federal Trade Commission? I think it was the FTC um, sued because, you know, the FTC doesn't have, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, they sued uh, because uh, ByteDance has been openly violating COPA um, for basically its entirety. Uh, How have they been violating COPA? Specifically, uh, allowing thirteen, I, allowing kids younger than thirteen on the platform, um, and not changing the the data collection behavior. 
Um, let me see if I can find the old article. Uh, uh, yeah, this was from 2019. Uh, Copa, Shippapa. Some companies, however, go out of their way to try and attract children. One of the biggest offenders is TikTok. Um, uh, mus musically, for example, required users to enter their real names, email addresses, phone numbers, and profile pictures. Um, the platform has made all of this information public by default, still exposes photos, even if it's made private, as well as allowing direct messages. The company even turned a blind eye after thousands of parental complaints, plus the fact that there was no infrastructure for parental consent. Uh, it was the Federal Trade Commission, and it was a 5-0 in favor uh, of the fine. So... Oh, actually, yeah. Well, four years ago this week. So, so if they're continuing, if if they are continuing to do it, then uh, I mean, I don't know what the process is with the government, but at a certain point, uh, there certainly would be some response. Like, yes, you yeah. make a good point, which is it's very difficult to sue an entity that doesn't have a business presence in your country it's hard right. to internationally sue particularly a company that is uh you know in a nation that we are not on i mean, I mean we still have a lot of trade with china but just I don't no think extra it's not no extradition either. treaties and things like that which we do not have but, in china i don't believe but doesn't tiktok have a doesn't TikTok, I mean, they don't have a sales arm here or anything like that to sell ads or anything like that? They don't have an office? I have no idea. I mean, the the point is... I mean, they ha there's, there had to have been a U.S. entity for them to have sued in 2019, right? Or for them to right, have fined. So, right, yeah. So I'm sure that, like, I'm sure that if they are doing this badly enough, they could be, you know, they could be removed from the app store for that reason. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for violating the, for violating COPA. Also, what I, it's not clear to me and something, by the way, that could have been a great topic. And I hope we'll take up again in the future is, you know, what's going on with section 230. Although I think we did talk about the, the pending Supreme court case at one point. Right. And they had the arguments so. the other day about about Section 230. And I don't think Section 230 pr pr uh, protects app stores, right? So... Uh, they, have, they have full editorial control, so no, it couldn't possibly. Right. So, therefore, and that might be why the app stores are getting more and more and more annoying to get, to get your app into, as I can attest. Um... But the so could somebody like if your COPA is violated, you can sue, I think, right? There's probably a, a class action suit there. And probably. if Google, I think there, if, if Google, I remember correctly, uh, there were there was a parental group 
after the FTC fine, I think there was a parental group, I already closed it again, that uh, was putting together a class action. And so could they not sue the app stores too? Probably. Could they not sue Google and, and Apple for this? Right? I mean, yeah. it's they don't get they don't get uh, safe harbor for that. So yeah, it's an interesting point. So yeah, I mean, I anyway, I so I think there's probably a lot of courses of action over the COPA stuff, mm-hmm. um, or if any other U.S. laws have been violated. Um, I also don't, but I'm also a little skeptical of it of of this whole thing. I mean, I guess it is you know good data that they're getting, but also it's quite beneficial to some companies, some American companies with uh, lots of political ties to ban TikTok because TikTok is a good competitor to them now. So TikTok is a great competitor to Facebook and Twitter, yeah. right? Uh, or, or I should say to Meta and Twitter because it's yeah. also a competitor to Instagram, Instagram. and right? So, yeah. so, you know, in fact, TikTok is probably the first social network, new social network in a while to come along, relatively new social network to come along and challenge uh, challenge the big player, the big yeah. players based yeah, since, on Twitter. And, since Snapchat, though, that was, you know, that was a, a bump. Right. But, right. I mean, they still exist, but, you know, they only, they only challenged the, the big players until the big players stole their features wholesale. Right. So, so here you have a place that they've managed to accomplish something yeah. and no U.S. company owns them. Right. Right. Amazon, Amazon has Twitch. Twitch is another big source of eyeballs, but Amazon, Amazon has that. So, you know, who are the independent companies that are, that are not one of these major mega corporations that are not owned by Google or Amazon or Meta or Elon Musk, uh, that are, um, that are sort of competing for the eyeballs and, and here's one. Oh, mm-hmm. and it's run out of a country that a country that a lot of people like to uh, like to trash that we have some, you know, some conflicts with. So it's I, I feel like some I, I'm just very skeptical because there's a lot of companies that see that benefit from banning TikTok. There's a lot mm-hmm. of competitors that benefit from from banning it. Yeah. And they have every interest in in hype and trying to find problems with it so that they can they can eliminate a competitor from the market yeah that's i'm a to, totally a valid a valid point there's you know there's little guys out in the wings um interestingly there's other platforms that are similar there's i don't know how it's pronounced is it likey l-i-k-e-e which is essentially uh tiktok but that one, I think, might be Russian. I don't know. Oh, even better. Oh, even better. Our relationship, even better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean... And somehow we don't ever hear anything about, you know, there being a problem with Likey or uh, Like. I, I wouldn't have any idea how to pronounce that I, one. I mean, I thought that... I mean, there were definitely, uh, at the beginning of... The you you know the the Ukraine uh, war. There was a lot of talk about people dropping Kaspersky antivirus because yeah, Kaspersky was. antivirus is based out of Russia, uh, and 
I'm not sure if people are still uh, dropping Kaspersky antivirus, but that was definitely a concern, right? So S- Singapore, these... they've got a lot of Russian users, but Singapore is where like he is based. Oh, okay, so that's probably why it's it's okay. But it's really hard to get people, as you and I have discussed so many times, it's really hard to get people to move from one platform to another, even if they're feature equivalent, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a sure. lot of people, a lot people of people are, are really unhappy. People are already on Facebook and Instagram, and yet the the reels that show up on there, which is just TikTok, are just people reposting their TikTok videos. Well, that's what that is. That's what that real thing is. Yeah, that's it's just TikTok. very annoying, and it just shows and it just shows up all the time, and I don't know how to make it stop. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Facebook and Instagram reels are just TikTok. It's Facebook. It's Meta duplicating TikTok. And YouTube has a feature called Shorts, which is just YouTube's TikTok. Oh, 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 right. Oh, so you don't mean it's literally TikTok. You mean no, no, no. it's a ripoff of TikTok. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Uh, yeah, right. So those there's YouTube Shorts and they're the reels. And yet somehow it hasn't, you know, put TikTok out of business, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people were unhappy with all the crazy stuff going on at Twitter, right? Uh, and yet somehow they still have it all left for Mastodon, even though, you know, Mastodon, even though there's Mastodon. So, although I have to say I set up a account at Mastodon and it, I rarely check it. Uh, and it, I think the fact that the federated thing, while it's a seems cool, it's sort of made it like, oh, do I go to this, this uh-huh. Mastodon site or that Mastodon site? And it hasn't uh, been kind of what I was you know, hoping for, but yeah, I, I kind of want uh, a Mastodon server for us. And I also don't care that much. It's a weird middle ground that I've found myself in. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if there was like, I think what the world is crying out for is an open source or open or distributed. However you want to call it um, platform. Yeah. I right? agree. I think I, I think that's what the world's calling out for. It's, it's there's two, and that's what the internet was built on. If the internet was built today, there would be no email and there would be no HTTP because, or HTTPS, whatever. There'd be no email and there'd be no web because yeah. those things are open standards. And yeah. all the businesses that have taken over the internet hate open standards. Yes. In yes, fact, they do. When the internet started, a couple, some businesses hated open standards too, but they couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. They tried, like AOL. AOL hated, and the internet was the destruction of AOL. AOL wanted you to use the AOL keyword thing. They wanted, they didn't want you to go to go to a website. They had the world's worst web browser to try and make punish you for trying to use the internet, right? Like, they didn't oh, want so you bad. to do it. They, I, it was on purpose. I know it. So. I used to tell people at the time. So, like, the company, the, the distributed nature of open standards on the internet are things that individual businesses don't like because yep. it doesn't give them an exclusive advantage, mm-hmm. an exclusive access to data, and exclusive features, and lock-in, and all the things that businesses like. But it, but when you talk about something that's really important, like social networks, like having a distributed source of information, it would probably be better 
to not have it be centralized like this. Now, you would ultimately have some interesting questions about how it's moderated, if at all. But um, but you know what? The, the, the corporate nature of some of these communities is a problem. And you're seeing mm -hmm. it with TikTok, but you're seeing it everywhere else. Yeah. Not, none of these other platforms is exactly uh, wonderful with your data or wonderful with misinformation either. <laughs> Cambridge Analytica. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. They all they all have something going on. So yeah. you can't, you know, nobody's hands are clean. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know that this is going to go anywhere, um, but it's definitely interesting that time seems to be cyclical right now. And uh, somehow we have ended up uh, back at the beginning of the story and uh, there's no telling where it will go next. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. Right, it's been a little while. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes, but uh, let's talk about Windows 11, Abram. You are muted again. Sorry, I I was <laughs> clicking to have all my Windows 11 machines open. I didn't want you to hear all the noise, so <laughs> anyway, uh, I have I have. Uh, just in preparation for our show, I've upgraded my RAM this week, so I've got. 64 gigs of RAM, which should be enough to run all these virtual machines that I'm going to show you. Uh, that the the point of that is so I can run Windows 11 in a window and different versions of it and show them. So Windows 11 came out in officially launched in October of 2021. So it has now been, uh, you know, what. 16 months something like that uh since since it launched and still you know windows 10 is the predominant operating system but it's obviously if you're buying a new computer you can really not get it windows 10 on it anymore and uh the question is you know is it time to upgrade should you upgrade if you're on 10 and what's changed uh so there have been some recent changes a new build of Windows 11, a new production build, has started rolling out. Um, if you're on Windows 11 and you didn't get a major update in the last week, go to you can go to Windows Update and see it. And I will show you uh, a couple of interesting things in that build and uh, talk a little bit about what else is going on. So first of all, let me show you here. This is uh, Windows 11 in uh, Windows 11 production build right now. And what you'll notice is the, the search box. Search is back. Um, now, 
Where did it go? Well, you know, in Windows 10, we had search, uh, we had the search bar built into the taskbar by default. And you, of course, your start menu was on the left. You can move it to the left here if you want, though. And, um, and, but before this, you, uh, you had Windows 11, uh, we just had a button here. So I think if I look at like this other build I have here, this looks like a box, but it's not really a box. It pops up. It pops up your search, right? So uh, now you actually have it here. You can start typing something or whatever, and you, lo and behold, it the text is actually in here, which is nice. Like it's uh, actually that was a feature that the the change away from the search box was annoying to me because I hate things that make you sort of change your visual context. Uh, you know, moving you from like down here to up here without your permission or whatever. So. I think that's a nice little improvement, but you know, in the end, it doesn't change a ton. One thing that I did notice that's a little bit that they really tout as being a big deal, but is not, is uh, that they say uh, AI is now built into the taskbar. Not true. What they uh, what they say is Bing's AI is built to your taskbar. So first of all, there's this icon here, which is nothing because it's just hitting the search button. And what it shows you is that, you know, the new Bing is here. If you have a Microsoft account and you have gotten the new Bing, it's called, on your account, you too can get access to the chatbot. But the chatbot is not integrated into Windows. All that Windows is doing is launching your browser for you. Oh, boy. You know, so let's see. You know, you could say, you know... Write me a poem about owls. And look, see, it's it's in the chat box. It's but it all it did is launch the browser. I could have just gone to my browser to do this. That is not a Windows feature. If you're launching a browser for someone, they are not building it into the Windows. Uh, anyway, so um, so. That is the claim, but the reality is really more like you have the search box. They also have added some accessibility features. Um, if you have a presence, if you have one of the like three ARM-powered Windows tablets that has a, a neural processing unit in it, you can. Uh, there are some nice AI features, although they were already included in Windows 11 since I think the fall, so they're just easier to access now. I don't know that that's a great uh, benefit. Uh, the snipping tool has been updated, so it now has uh, video screen capture. So now if you have this record button, you can actually record what's kind of nice is like a section of the screen. So you just draw the box around the part that you want and then hit start. And then you can kind of move well, after it's the one, you can just kind of move it around within the box, do whatever you want within the box, and then you can pause or stop. If you That's stop, you cool. see that you you can like see what happened there or whatever. That's weird. That oh, yeah. Anyway, so um, and then you can you got to save it. You can save it as an MP4. So that's a nice little feature. Um, there's tabs and Notepad. Um, so now, if you go to Notepad, there's tabs. Um, Right. Uh, and 
those are kind of the main current features that you're that you're getting. Um, I I mean I'm not overly impressed with the tabs and Notepad because I use a third party app called Notepad Plus Plus, which has been doing this for years and a lot better because you can split the screen between tabs. So I mean you don't you can use other apps that are way better than Notepad to do Notepad. It's literally the software that I use to read the opening of this show. I mean, it, Notepad++ is like my favorite program in the world. I, I yeah, should use it for some things that I use it for, but I use it for everything. So, um, so like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see uh, the great benefit. They're also, um, but hey, there also apparently is, it's easier. I don't really use Teams, but apparently it's easier to get to Teams from the, the good old chat window. So, is this a major improvement in Windows? I mean, the search box was very annoying to me, the fact that you didn't have a search box. So it's getting a little better. Um, it, but we'll, you know, we'll have to, you know, would that push me over the edge to switching to 11 for my full time? I, I run Windows 11 on my laptop, but on my desktop, it's Windows 10 still. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. But um, by the way, the same big thing happens in Windows 10. So if you're Windows 10 and you have the, the new Bing uh, in your Microsoft account, which I think anybody can sign up for, uh, and you just and you do a search there, it will also launch it. So there's absolutely no benefit if you really want the Bing chat bot. There's no benefit at all to Windows 11. Um, speaking of things, so this is the new Windows 11 beta uh, dev build there, um, that has come out. And it is 25309. And it has a few features that are not yet available in the, the final build. One is that there's this gallery feature, um, which is uh, which gives you this like XAML gallery of your images, which on another version of this was actually sorted by date. This is, oh, it is sorted by date. It's just, oh, it's a little unstable though, I should say. Uh, you can see it just crashed. Um, so uh, there's that. Um, although you don't have to have that enabled. Um, there's in the settings menu, there is a new start menu setting available for that does not work yet or somewhat works for deciding um how much it's under personalization right how deciding um like whether you want to show recommendations or something but it, which i think it showed before and you can see whether you want to configure it for more or fewer recommendations eh i mean that's not exactly a deal maker breaker uh the there should, I mean, I'm doing this in virtual machine, so I don't have a lot of devices, but supposedly you'll have, you have more, um, you have or will have more volume control options here for different programs, which is something that I think Windows 10 had a long time ago. So I don't know what, it seems like bringing back stuff that Windows 10 had is supposedly an innovation. Um, so, you know, there's some, 
improvements, although I feel like most of these improvements involve bringing back features they took away. Um, there also is, and it does not work yet, but someone discovered this, uh, this weekend that there is a feature showing that there will be AI wallpaper at some point. What that means is not really clear. Like, and we should point out that AI is used as a buzzword, sort of like blockchain, that could mean anything and nothing. So, but some new wallpaper feature is, is coming at some point. Um, so I don't know if I'm overly impressed uh, with, with any of these features, but it's uh, something. Um, so the um, what do you think, Scott? Is there anything anything new in Windows that makes you feel more positively about Windows 11? Um, you know, no. Um, oh, new new widgets are coming. Although I don't think I have them here, but supposedly there's a Spotify widget now. Well, there's um, oh, there's actually there's actually an API um, for widgets. Um, which I have been exploring in my very limited free time, uh, for, for work. So, um, you'll, you'll have the opportunity to add, uh, widgets from developers in the very, very near, uh, near term. By the way, I have said this on, uh, social. I think that the widgets feature right now is garbage. Uh, I mean, I love the idea of having like special widgets here. What I don't like is that they throw all these news sources in your face uh, and you can't really turn them off easily. Yeah. So like I I just wanted like, you know, you see the weather here. A lot of people don't like the weather widget. I like the weather widget. It's like, oh, great. I can see what the temperature is outside and what the weather is. That's lovely. Now, my inclination is to click it or hover it so I could see like the forecast, but it kind of buries the forecast in here. Like I kind of want to see like the five day or the 12 hour, the 24 hour. Um, and then it gives me all this distracting news. And it's like, I don't want that. Especially because some of the information there is not very well vetted at all, even though it actually is on MSN. So I found some, some things on there that were really, uh, Microsoft should be embarrassed for publishing. Uh, because, you know, we were talking before about who's a publisher or not. Well, if MSN is hosting stuff on its own site, even if it's written by another publication, I don't think they can claim that, you know, they're not publishing it. So, um, you know, they had some crazy conspiracy theories on there. Some like one of the leading stories I had was about, was basically about somebody who made a TikTok saying that they had, it, that they went to hell and that was a top story. Like this is what journalism is now. I'm, Somebody made a TikTok. I'm always, I'm always curious when you get those videos. First thing I do is I go to mine. <laughs> yeah. see if there. Maybe they just think I'm a weirdo. Maybe they just think I'm a weirdo. I, I, I mean, never personalization. I never know. have these video, these these articles and stuff. Because there was one I went the one you posted about the other day. I went and looked it up. I had to like I had to read that one, <laughs> the conspiracy theory one. I had, right. I no. had to read that one. Now, but it, the thing is that they allowed on or ha signed up as a partner some sites that are just very, some publications that are just very disreputable. 
uh, you know, or just not, not reputable. So like, that's really weird. But the easy solution here is why are you pumping this in my face? I mean, the same thing with the new tab. Uh, I mean, I, the new tab in Microsoft Edge, right? Uh, I, I turned this off, but by default, it gives you, it also gives you a bunch of news. Like you're distracting me. Even if it was news I wanted to read, that's even more of a distraction. Like, I don't need you to distract me, Microsoft. Yeah, I, I I have the focused setup uh, for the new tab, personally. Yeah, but, but like, you can't turn it off here. I mean, you can go through and block each individual source. I think you can hide stories from this, like, publication. I think you can also go into um, the MSN News app on the on the device, sign in with the same account, and you can do all kinds of customizations in that. And I think it applies to this. You can, I think, but you can't get rid of everything. You could just say like, oh, I want more sports or something like that. I don't think you could say, I want nothing. I just want, like, I just want the weather and nothing else. Or I want the weather and like widgets for active stuff like Spotify or whatever. I don't think you can uh, just get rid of the other stuff which I find super annoying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's sort of like Bing. I mean, I have to say, like, with the Bing stuff lately, I have, um, you know, looked more at Bing than I have in the last, like, three weeks than I have in the last three years. And the quality of Bing's layout and search results is terrible. I Like, I wish it were good. I really do. Besides the chat box. Put the chatbot aside for a second. I'm going to do here, I'm going to do a search, not to take this off the rail too much, but I'm going to do a search for best laptop. Okay. Let's see if this happens to me again. So first of all, it wants, you know, it has this weird feature. Well, we'll get to the weird chat feature later. So the first organic result, these are all ads. So you're seeing a ton of ads and this stuff before you see organic result, which I know Google's got a ton of ads too, but this is much busier than Google layout. And then look at their answer box. What What is it giving me in the answer box? Best laptops 2021. Yeah. That's their answer. That's their best answer. It's coming from laptop, my old friends at laptop ad. But guess what? This isn't actually what's on that page. If you go to the page, it's the current best laptops. So Bing could not displays this as their top result doesn't know what year it is and can't be bothered to rescrape a page. Like, and I saw this with a number of queries where they're giving you like out of date information. So they're spending all this money in AI, but their SERP hasn't learned what year it is. And then it had this weird thing where if you scroll up by accident, you keep scrolling too much, it takes you away from the SERP and takes you to the chat. You didn't ask for chat, you were just accidentally scrolling and now you're in the chat because they're trying to get you to the chat. So, and then, so I, I, you know, ugh. Microsoft keeps trying to shove Bing in your face and shove MSN in your face. And, and, uh, and it's, it's very annoying because their stuff is just very loud and obtrusive and doesn't have the best quality information. Like if you're going to do that and you want to compete with Google, how about making the user experience of the regular search better? They really could. They could use AI to figure out that 2021 was two years ago, although that wouldn't even be AI. That would just be I. Um, 
to figure out that it, and not have that. So like, there's a lot of issues here still to be resolved. Speaking of issues, we know that real quick, we know that Windows 10, Windows 11 use a fair amount of RAM and have pretty high requirements. Well, I have a story on our site about a special custom build of Windows 11 you can install called custom image called Tiny 11. And um, you can actually make your own Tiny 11. Basically, you download the ISO file and then you uh, run a script and it strips out unnecessary uh, stuff uh, or st some of which you might actually find necessary, a lot of apps. And then it can run on like two gigs of RAM. Now, one of the things though is it strips out a lot, you know, a lot of apps, and then uh, by default, Windows starts to try to want to download them. And so, at first, it's very slow because it's eating up like 100% CPU cycles trying to download apps. You got to kind of, I think you got to, your best serve to like turn the Windows Store off or something. Um, but what's amazing is it can run on an older computer. So I have over here um, an old laptop, like a 10-year-old laptop that was a $200 laptop or a $300 laptop in its day and can't run Windows 10 without stuttering. And with Tiny 11, it like it can kind of work. So, um, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to slim it down uh, and get it so it's using fewer system resources. Uh, just this afternoon, I was sent a special version of it that has uh, that will run on 100 megabytes of RAM. But the funny thing about the 100 megabyte of RAM version is you would never want to use it because it's DOS. <laughs> it's the command prompt only. <laughs> so, uh, so which actually is bad if you remember that DOS used a lot less than 100 megabytes of RAM. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, I mean, I had, I mean, I was running DOS on a computer that had like four kilobytes or something, or eight kilobytes, or sixteen kilobytes, or something. So that you can now run DOS on a hundred megabytes should be impress no one, or that it's the file to run it is sixty megabytes or something uh, should impress no one when we were putting them on five and a quarter inch floppies in the, in the old days. <laughs> but um, nevertheless. You know this this old uh, ThinkPad that I have here um, ha was you know super super slow with Windows 10, uh, you know to the point of taking several minutes to boot, and like when you type the words would come out like a few seconds after you type them. With Tiny 11 on here, it actually is somewhat functional. So uh, you know, and there's room for more because Tiny 11 just uninstalls a lot of apps but doesn't turn off most of the services. So we probably could save a lot more system resources. Uh, and I'm gonna try to do this to experiment some more by going through and turning off more Windows services that, uh, you know, that I don't need. For example, a lot of people have by default a print spooler turned on, but a lot of people these days don't print. So do you need a print spooler? No, you can turn it off. So there's a lot of uh, Windows services like that, that may not apply to everyone and, and you could turn off and save RAM and save CPU cycles. But anyway, uh, lots about Windows 11, uh, Tiny 11, uh, new features in Windows 11 on Tom's hardware. We continue to follow Windows uh, stories because there's a lot going on every day. Uh, and, you know, I'm still on the fence about whether or not 
I would upgrade my desktop. I'm probably still not there, but if there are a lot more new features that I want to use all the time, then maybe I would do it because uh, it doesn't seem like it's appreciably worse than 10 now, but I still like the layout of 10 better. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I've gotten pretty used to it other than the other than the computer yeah other than the computer that runs the chat in the studio um i think everything i no that's not true i'm half 10 half 11 because i got a couple machines in in mission control that are older and can't be upgraded um but i actually find myself getting annoyed having to swap back I I really like the the um right side. It's more than just the the notification area. Um I'm I'm a fan of of that that setup. I'm a big fan of the new volume control uh that's coming. They have wholesale ripped off um uh ear trumpet which I've been using since I think Windows 8. Uh, so I haven't actually seen the Windows volume control UI in years. Um, but the the new volume volume control setup is very similar to, um, to Ear Trumpet. Uh, I think it's the one in the dev build right now. Which, thank goodness for that. Um, you know, there, there's stuff going on that when I try to switch back to... Uh, to 10 i i get confused about where things are i have just gotten used to it uh at this point because hard to do hard to do big development projects on the wrong windows target for me at this point so i don't have a whole lot of choice my primary machines had to upgrade yep <sighs> well Anyway, lots to keep up with on Tom's hardware. Uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to follow it. Absolutely. And uh, as always, I, uh, I appreciate the information. There was a, a lot of interesting stuff in there. And look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. Uh, a couple years now, uh, go now, uh, NVIDIA officially launched GeForce Now. Uh, it had been in various stages of preview for, it seemed like, 100 years before that. Um, 
<laughs> we all we all took the opportunity to give it a try. Everybody loved the idea. The simple premise was if you owned a game and you didn't have the ability to run it on your hardware, you could stream it from a server that essentially you were renting uh, in real time. The premise was pretty solid. The belief in uh, how it would work, however, turned out to um, get its its uh, legs chopped out from under it pretty quick. Um, when the service launched, publishers got mad because they had exclusive contracts with other game streaming services. Stuff started to get pulled. NVIDIA said, but we... We're not streaming it. We're just giving a computer. And they went, don't care. And uh, stuff started to disappear. It was a really sad launch. But the company has been working very hard to try and bring uh, the service back, you know, up to the heights that it can. Uh, this month, we will see 21 games um, come to the service, many of which are new launching titles, which is pretty exciting. Um, because, you know, we know that Game Pass with xCloud or whatever, if they ever end up giving it a name, um, from Microsoft has a lot of, you know, first day titles available on their, their game streaming service. But, um, I, I think this one's got one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 of the 21 titles will uh, will release on launch day. Pretty cool. Um, I, I think this is a good thing. Obviously, Microsoft can't be the only one. Google has already given up the ghost. Um, most people don't even know that Amazon has one, uh, which isn't a great sign. There's got <laughs> to be competition in this space. Um, because as we, we always say, Avram, right? Competition uh, breeds new ideas. Otherwise, people get complacent, like we just talked about with Windows 11. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, Windows 11 is basically Microsoft takes things away and then brings them back in slightly different form and then... Uh, and then gives themselves then a round of applause. Gives a round of applause, yes. Um Meanwhile, you could just take the Linux approach and let the user pick their shell, in which case, you know, Microsoft would just be responsible for the operating system and the user would have a choice. Um, but then the shell is the message, right? Anyway, that was the last topic. But yes, uh, NVIDIA is, you know, it's good to see that there's more choices in this space. Um, on the other hand, I still love the fact that it's not that successful of a space because otherwise the need for having a good computer would be less and life would be less fun if everything was in the cloud. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, that may be coming, but, uh, you know, people still need a decent uh, computer to, to do other things. So, mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, you know, it's, it's good for them. Uh, one thing that's interesting, and I wonder if this is going to have any, well, I can't say because primarily people who are using, so we've tested this. By the way, NVIDIA G GeForce Now, they keep upgrading and upgrading the GPUs in it. So now, like the free plan, you don't get a great GPU, but 
with like the premium plan, I believe you're now getting like a 4080 or something. 4080. Uh, and we've tested this. Uh, our, our GPU editor, Jared, tested this, and it is, you know, no shocker, not as good as having a 4080 in your computer. Um, you know, you, the the quality of the of the stuff. Well, I mean, maybe it should be right, but it's not. Um, so because no, if the if the video is coming down, if you assume that it's just coming down as a, a streamed video to your device, the the video is never going to be able to equal the quality of the original render. You've got internet yeah, compression. I mean, you've got ISP crap added on top of it. There's so much, so much overhead in there. And then if you've got a video card on your computer that isn't HDR, who cares if it's rendering HDR on the, on the, uh, the server, right? You're still going to lose all that capability on the hardware, on the local hardware. Yeah. So something else interesting happened with NVIDIA this week. Uh, which I wonder if it has some relationship or if it could have some relationship to GeForce Now, which is uh, uh, VSR uh, came out. So VSR, are you familiar with VSR? Video Super Resolution? Yeah. So for the audience benefit, this is a feature that you need a 3000 or 4000 series RTX card for right now which will upscale uh, streamed video uh, for you. So supposedly, like if you're watching YouTube and you're watching a 1080p video on YouTube, it will upscale it to 4K for you. If you are... Now, what was what's interesting is they claimed, NVIDIA claims that this technology will work no matter where you're streaming from, so theoretically, you could be on Netflix, have a 720p Netflix plan, and use this and get better quality than you paid for. Um, although well, that's an interesting comment, right? So that would be right because I mean, it's for for folks who have been keeping uh, track here, right? Um, Netflix has I looked this up this week for this purpose. I pay for the cheapest Netflix plan, and that's $10 a month. And $10 a month gets you 720p video, max. Uh, there's a $15 a month plan that gets you 1080 video. And then there's a $20 a month plan that gives you up to 4K. So theoretically speaking, you could get some benefit from something that's upscaling on your end and get, and taking the video that you paid 720p for and maybe only have the bandwidth for 720p for uh, and giving it to you and trying to get a data cap. Yeah, maybe. Now, it, though, one thing that's interesting is, so this feature, you you got to do it through your browser. It, it doesn't work through, um, and it only works right now through Chrome and through Edge, uh, the latest Chrome and the latest Edge. And Edge uh made says that it does not work with copy with copyright protected copy protected content or things that use like widevine which is a like a drm solution which means that it wouldn't work with netflix i think i guess it would work with youtube but not netflix 
but some YouTube stuff. With, but with Chrome, I think Chrome, I don't see make any such claim about it uh, respecting Widevine or not working with Widevine or so. I, it's not clear to me yet whether it's supposed to work in uh, work in like Netflix or not. Uh, our Jared tested this with Peacock, and he found uh, he has an article up on the, about this on Tom's Hardware, and he found that very subtle improvement uh, from like a 1080p Peacock. Um, I tried. Uh, I tried it on Netflix on my computer and I don't know because I don't have 4K Netflix to compare it to, but I didn't really see, I tried it on and off and I didn't really see any difference. Uh, With YouTube, I took a video that was um, like available in 4K, uh, my favorite testing video, the Costa Rica nature video, Uh and I tried it in both 4K native 1080p native and 1080p upscaled and the upscaled was definitely a little bit sharper than the uh than the 1080p native uh in fact it was a little sharper than 4k native because i think all it does is try to sharpen things so anyway to get back how this could affect the topic at hand not to just totally take us off track here i wonder if that granted most of the people who are using GeForce now probably don't have a 30 series video card, uh, but I wonder if at some point maybe having this type of AI upscaling helps with yeah. game streaming because there you're taking a video, and and so maybe maybe that helps sort of upscale yeah. what you're getting from your game stream. Yeah, I, for sure, almost certainly that would help uh, alleviate some of but at that point you've got to you got to have a 30 you know a 3000 series card anyway so you've got things like hdr on your side this would help take out some of the the nonsense that your isp might be introducing yeah it's now to to be clear they're going to add it for 20 series okay so they'll have those older cards and it will work on any 30 series, so it could be a bottom of the barrel, sure. like a 3050. So, you know, you you could be, you know, maybe it still would be of some benefit to you. Although my sense, having talked to NVIDIA, and just naturally, it seems like probably most people using GeForce now have integrated graphics and don't have a decent graphics card. But yeah, um, but who knows? Maybe in the maybe in the future. These cards will be so cheap, or the streaming, the quality of the game stream will be so much better that that'll be worth it. Yeah, for sure. Just as a note uh, to tie back into our our last topic, I uh, searched for VSR on Bing, and the article you just referenced was the top response. So, uh... <laughs> good for that. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny, um, but yeah. Um, so. They're continuing to put resources behind this. Like you said, they're continuing to upgrade the the high-end video card, which is one of those things. You don't have that kind of control, that granularity on something like xCloud. Um, you don't have... You've got Microsoft Circle, right? Games, Microsoft and Friends, mostly. 
Uh, <laughs> whereas this is, you've got stuff from Steam and Epic Games and, you know, all over the place. So um, it's definitely an interesting uh, an interesting product. I'm, I'm glad that they're continuing to put uh, resources behind it and that the, the shaky launch did not scare them away like I was a little afraid it was going to. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. One thing we know seems to be an absolute constant and something we can't avoid on the internet is security breaches. Every time we turn around, it seems like LastPass or T-Mobile is getting hacked or exposing data. Um, and that's just those two. Uh, <laughs> lots of companies um, have had these issues over over the last couple of years in particular. And every time it happens, it's the same thing. We don't know how it happened. We're looking into it. We're going to make sure we fix the problem. Here's a year of uh, identity uh, protection monitoring um, for, for free. And then... Um, a couple months later, T-Mobile gets hacked again. So, um, right now, all of the onus of their mistakes is on you. It's not on them. They give you a free year of identity theft monitoring, and uh, they move on with their day. It really sucks. It, it sucks for everybody because you give your information to somebody. We talked about this with TikTok earlier. We give your information to somebody and you expect that there's going to be um, uh, some sort of, of protection involved in it. But you never know. You don't know what's going on with it. And the companies right now, the service providers, don't have a whole lot of uh, um, incentive to do things right, to... To build proper security requires thought and planning and design and infrastructure. Can you not sue? Depends on what it is. Um, some stuff you you can. Uh, depends on whether they... There, there's all kinds of stuff on whether or not you'll be successful with the lawsuit. Of course, I mean, you could sue me for using the wrong words right now. But to have a successful suit in one of these... They generally they have to have hidden the breach or uh, not disclosed the depth of the breach or not tried to mitigate it afterwards. There's all this nonsense, and obviously the biggest thing that would keep the companies from shirking their responsibilities. I was trying to come up with a better phrase than <laughs> a word we don't use on the show um, is a public response, but they happen every day. Public response grew tiresome years ago. Uh, 
And so um, the the Biden administration is currently uh, looking to create some liability for the providers who do not, who experience a security breach that has, I, I don't know all the, all the details because it's, it's just a let's go look into this type document. Um, but they, they want to, to move the liability from us to the companies whose breach it actually is, which I think is a brilliant move. And I think regular viewers and listeners know I don't tend to side with the government on many things. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a, a heavy-handed type person, but this is where two relationships, where a relationship is created, in which one has has the upper hand, and there's potential for harm. And that's for sure the purview of the government. It's essentially they're talking about uh, uh, HIPAA-ish for non-medical things, which I think is a great idea. What would the consequences look like? Ah, see, that's we're not there yet. Because um, this is a, this was a document created by the administration, which doesn't have any actual power to put this stuff into place. That has to come from the legislature. But this is one of those. These are our these are our goals. Here are the things we find important, uh, and we can work with the agencies to implement what we can, and then work with the legislature to uh, to firm up and shore up those those things. So it's kind of a a policy outline document similar to the one, the executive order that came out a year ago. In fact, I think this might be the end result of that executive order, uh, talking about how can we uh, shore up infrastructure, how can we shore up uh, national security, um, uh, and then um, uh, personal privacy. So this, this might actually be the end result of that executive order, the more I think about it. I hadn't considered that until you asked the question. Um, but this is, this is essentially, these are the things that we think are important. Here's how we think they should be handled. Here are the people that need to now start looking into, um, implementation of, of set ideas. So there's no hard and fast stuff here. I think, I think that the issue, like so many data breaches have happened now that you almost kind of got to assume that your data is that a lot of your data is out there everywhere. So everywhere. So, so your browser probably scrapes the dark web, not your browser, but a server on the back end probably scrapes the dark web looking for your data. And when you go put in a username and password, it goes, Oh, don't do that. That one's already out there. Right. Yeah, it it's it. I've gotten those warnings, and what, unfortunately, sometimes it does it for stuff that like I don't even have an account on anymore or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I signed up for a free Adobe thing to download trial of Photoshop or something. And I can't usually, change it. Usually they're let. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're letting you know that the username, the e- like the email and password combo already exists and has been breached. Don't create something new with that with that yeah. exposed info. Yeah. So. Like, I mean, I think that, first of all, world governments, because this isn't just the United States problem, but, you know, we're talking about in the United States about what the U.S. government's going to do. 
-hmm. need to do something better for identity than um, than the things that are out there now, like social security number. Uh, and which they was also never need which was never intended to be used for identity. Right. And in fact, the card says, I, "Do not use this for identity." Right, but so many places ask you for it. Yeah ask you for it and it's also not necessarily always clear when you can say no like mm -hmm. you know when i go to the doctor's office and they ask me for it can i say no like i'm not it's not really clear to me like they have my insurance number they shouldn't need my social security number they True. should know how to get paid right like so uh, yet they ask me for it and if i don't fill it out then they're going to give me a hard time so like you know there's there's a lot of stuff where they ask you for your for your information and then yep. like so instead of putting all this effort into like yes punish whatever but the, the the barn door has already been open a long time ago so maybe what we need to look at is how we compartmentalize this information um like we don't want the breaches absolutely like make these companies be held responsible but at the same time like it's like there's too much been too many breaches already yeah. like most people have probably had their data affected in some kind of breach at this point so what are you gonna what are you gonna do about it first of all they could legislate what data companies are allowed to store right like sure maybe you're not allowed to store somebody's credit card number or something like that. i don't know but the, the other thing they could do is just try and figure out different identity methods that are more secure. Like, I don't know what they are, but maybe there are people who have thought about this. Yeah. Like, try to come up with a, like, I, I maybe this sounds a little bit too, like, I know because there's a lot of people who are afraid of the government, don't like the government as a principle, but, like, maybe they need some kind of new national ID system that is better than social security number sure you know but but what if we're talking about your email address and password has been compromised and you're using that on multiple platforms you better not use the same password in multiple places i mean the other thing is that the that's why we need things like 2fa also right like right. so you need a hardened like you but, need hard at the uh, at the but sources so much, too. So much two FA is done with sending uh, a text to your phone, and cloning a SIM is one of the easiest things in the world. Do <laughs> so, something. I don't know. Like I don't. So, I, so for me, I'll tell you. For, like I am, I am all. It's one of the reasons why I am not on TikTok, and I won't click on links when people send them to me. I I. <laughs> very conscious of my online presence i use and they're they're not a sponsor of the show or anything i use yubikey i that yeah me too that's my i, I use you that's my go-to they're, they're good friends of ours but they're not sponsors of the show um i i've but been using them for you years you... you actually don't need yubikey because you can get other keys that are you know like yubikey sure uh, but you know, like a Fido Alliance key, sure, sure. I guess to be the the generic the generic term because Yubi keys are nice, but they're a little more expensive. So like, 
here I have a YubiKey though, like, and it's great. Like, but here's the problem: not everything will accept this as a token. A right. lot of things That's will true. not. That's so, true. Um, so, although I also think, I think I think that both the Microsoft and Google authenticators will. Now, but they seem to have workarounds for that too, because like if I try to log into Google and I don't have my YubiKey, it offers me the opportunity to text myself. So couldn't you just do that? <laughs> yeah. Like if you yeah, if you offer so. people a workaround a workaround to something, then the other method is still the method, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If if you've still got a fallback to the unsecure, you know, sim clone hack then we're back which which is why i don't get all this talk about like you know microsoft and others we're getting rid of passwords every but time i really see an article because, like that i get mad because can't you still like all it just means is that you can log in without the password but you can also log in with the password, with the password. which means if someone steals your password they can still get in so they really haven't made it any more secure at all yeah they just made it more convenient convenient for you, but they have it like if you had to use a fingerprint reader to log in, or you you know, then maybe that would be more secure. However, but if it's just one option of many, right, then it's not then it's you're only as secure as the least secure method, right? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, you're you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if your weakest link is a hacked password that's available for free on the dark web, then it still doesn't matter. Right. So yeah. anyway, I don't know what to say about that, except that like everybody, yes, hold these companies responsible, but at the same time, we have to come up with better, mm -hmm. uh, with better methods of dealing with identity because like too much has already been breached. So yeah. we need to figure out like we need to figure out ways of giving people either some type of a token that they only use for one thing mm -hmm. or also, you know, come out with some kind of new national identity thing that's really hard to hack and then like limit who can get it or for what purpose or how yeah. you, maybe there needs to be 2FA on your, you know, and also maybe that maybe there should be some types of restriction on like the level of care that places that use your identity um, take to verify that it's you. Like you're talking yeah. about protecting the data, but no one's talking about the integrity of, 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 of using the data. So like, you know, for example, somebody steals your social security number, right? And then they can go and your name and address, whatever easily gotten, and they go and apply for a credit card as you or whatever. Like, maybe we should hold the credit card company responsible for doing more to verify that it's you. You know? Like... It's interesting you say that. I feel like that was part of... part of this Pillar 3. There were five pillars to this document. Pillar 3 is shape market forces to drive security and resilience. I feel like... I feel like that might have been mentioned. I read this whole thing a couple of days ago. I don't necessarily remember all the details. Um, but, so let's see. 
hold the stewards of our data accountable, drive the development of secure IoT, shift liability for insecure software products and services, use federal grants and other incentives to build in security. Uh, explore federal cyber insurance backstop. That's an interesting concept, like FDIC. But for... Yeah, kind of. So, I... I don't remember if there was was talk about something like that or not, but because it's been a couple of days. Yeah, pill, I think it was Pillar 4, invest in a resilient future. Right. Yeah, well, that could mean a lot of things, but I think you got to be, you know, better methods of using people's, uh, of verifying people's identity than the methods that exist today rather than just trying to protect the insecure methods that already exist. 4.5, support development of a digital identity ecosystem. There's there's a reference back to your other... Yeah. yeah. I, I I had a feeling that some of this was, was mentioned in here. Again, it's been a couple of days since I read it. It was published early in the week. But um, the entire document is available uh, on the article. If you go to plunketslive.com, uh, you'll see the article that's entitled... U.S. government investigating holding providers liable for data breaches. Um, the link to the actual documents in there. So uh, definitely check it out. It's, it is a 39-page document, I think. Um, it's got a lot of information, and it's, it's all about next steps, which is, is pretty interesting. But for now, where we are right now, as we have said many times over the years... You've got to take your own precautions to uh, to to prevent uh, to mitigate the risks after one of these data breaches happens because they happen every day, and that's just uh, at at T-Mobile and LastPass at this point. So, um, yeah, uh, do what you can to protect yourself um, because it's the government. There's no telling how long that'll take. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right, I got a crazy story for you. Maybe a movie pitch. <laughs> a movie studio has, has a lawsuit. They, they feel that people have been stealing their content. And they track them down to a particular ISP. And in part of, as part of this investigation, they ask Reddit for information on users. Ten in particular, one of which is a su subscriber of that ISP. Everybody else has nothing to do with them. And so they sue Reddit. 
to get their identities. Why? Who knows? And that's where we are right now. That is, <laughs> that's what happened. There's there's a movie studio, uh, the studio behind Hellboy and the Hitman's Bodyguard, so high-profile studio, that has an active lawsuit against RCN, which is a brand that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it's now called Astound Broadband, possibly because of this lawsuit. Um, dating back as far as 2016, uh, up to and including 2020, the accusation is that RCN, I will never remember those letters in that order, uh, did not do enough to mitigate the piracy happening on its network. Now, there are certain rules that are in place um, on how ISPs are supposed to respond to certain things. Um, we know, you know, lots of people for a while were getting you know, emails saying, hey, we've detected some suspicious activity on your account. If it's you, stop. If it's not, we're going to have to um, take action. The studio is claiming that RCN never did any of that and they just let whatever happened happen. You can have a conversation about whether that's their responsibility or not, but there are, there are some responsibilities currently in place. And so the claim is that they, they knowingly facilitated because they have technology on their network to see what's happening. They knowingly facilitated um, the piracy of the studio's content. Now, that's the, that's the basics of it. Don't care the basics of it. Um, yeah, honestly, it's, it's so unimportant to the story. All we need to know is this ISP, RCN, is being sued for facilitating piracy. The studio then contacted Reddit and said, we need the real names, addresses, and contact information for this list of users who had had a conversation on Reddit about somebody receiving one of those emails from Comcast. Not from RCN. Was that the letters? Yeah. Not from RCN. From Comcast. From what I can tell, 10 users were asked for. One, openly an RCN user, openly talked about piracy. Got it. Fine. Reddit handed over information as part of a discovery subpoena. The other nine, however, <laughs> four of the nine, I think, five of the nine, um, never mentioned an ISP. <laughs> never mentioned piracy, merely responded to the thread about somebody else getting a piracy email and saying, from what we understand, you know, from what I understand, my provider handles it this way. Who's my provider? No. Did they claim to have any information past what's in the term sheet? No. So those are crazy. Um, a couple of them... Uh, let's see. The Where? Trying to... So four... Oh, there were seven. So a total of eight. Four of the seven never mentioned RCN. Uh, two of the three remaining users did mention RCN. Not in this thread. 
They commented in this thread and mentioned that they hated RCN's customer support. And one made reference to RCN's uh, uh, policies, uh, piracy policies, having been a customer a decade ago. So Reddit said absolutely not. Um, the Supreme Court has been very clear on on uh, the First Amendment applying to online privacy. We have no obligation to unmask these people. This is an unlawful request. And um, no. <laughs> uh, so I that's that's good to see that ISPs are still at least looking or uh, not ISPs, but uh, online providers are, are looking at these these requests because there was there was a time in the past where they just, every time somebody got a request they just did whatever so it's good to see that we're we're responding to these but i mean this is a ridiculous so a ridiculous request especially the guy who hasn't been a customer of theirs for almost a decade <laughs> that's right so so here's here's my question. First of all, is does Reddit under any obligation to defend these these users, or are they just doing it because they don't on principle? They have absolutely no responsibility to defend these users. It's their data; they can hand over whatever they want. So if they wanted to, they they could comply. They could. Is there anything in the? What about the use terms of service? Is terms of service for Reddit say anything about not giving your information to third parties, or possibly um, Reddit? So has, that might be an obligation on on their part. Could be Reddit has been known for its protection of secrecy, um, privacy, not unmasking users unless absolutely necessary. Um, for I mean, a long that's time. a like reputation that's, that. Yeah, they that's a reputation they should want to have. So, right. I mean, especially this since is it's bad Reddit. For, right. Yeah. I mean, Reddit is a, in particular. That's a reputation that I think they would want to have. So good for them for defending it. Because if they don't, and it got out, then it might be bad for them. Yeah. And not it would likely be the end of Reddit. Need. But, you know, a lot of companies, paying lawyers costs money. True. Right? So a lot of companies will take the route of least resistance mm -hmm. where they're not going to and, and comply with such a thing because they don't want to spend the money on the lawyers. True. True. Um, so, I mean, does... Reddit have a legal obligation if these, if the reader, if the users were definitely on RCN. Um, I, I don't see what their obligation would be. So I think, so it is a, it is a discovery subpoena. But they're not suing them. So why are they entitled to discovery of a third party's data? It's exactly what happened with Valve, right? Uh, in the Epic Apple trial, and Valve basically told them to to bugger off, um, because they claimed that it was an it was an unlawful 
subpoena and the court agreed. Um, and that's, that's what's happening here, right? There are, until a court says, no, 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 you are under a legally authorized subpoena from the court. Um, then yeah, there's, there's no, no responsibility to, to give over any data. And what they're saying to the court is that the, that the plaintiffs have, have filed an illegal, um, subpoena. And right now it looks like the court is going to agree. This reminds, this reminds me of, this never went anywhere, but one time I did a news story on something that, uh, which I think we've talked about, which was the, um, the time that I busted uh, Office Depot for uh, for um, lying to people about um, whether they had computers in stock. Do you remember that? No. Yes. It's going back, man. It's going back. It <laughs> but, is. Uh, oh, my God. For our, for our um, audience who have not been following my career every day for your the last decade and a half uh at one time uh and if you have hi mom uh anyway <laughs> the um the um the uh of many years ago to march 10th 2009 there you go many years ago <laughs> i i uh i broke the biggest story of my career it's been all downhill since then and and that was um that was when I found out there's, this is related. I'm getting to it. So uh, I found out that um, I got some sources at office Depot who said that office Depot was basically, well, the, the company claims they weren't official. This was an official policy, but I had several sources that were several uh, anonymous sources that I spoke, several sources that I spoke with and verified who said that they were either employees or former employees who said, Hey, office depots, regional managers are telling us that if somebody comes in and asks to buy a laptop and if they don't want to buy the extended warranty, go in the back, pretend that you're looking for it and come out and say, Oh, we're out of stock. Even if it's in stock because they get in trouble if they don't sell, if they sell laptops without these extended warranty things or whatever, you know, what they called attachments, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you didn't meet your quota for attachments as either a store or an individual salesperson, you were in trouble apparently. So I did a story about it. Uh, I did a story about it a couple, uh, like a few days later, uh, CB, I think it was CBS, local TV station in Los Angeles did their own story about it. And the TV station was able to do something that I couldn't do, uh, and they did quite successfully, which was they sent a hidden camera into a local office depot out there in California and into the store. They had one person come and say, ask for a laptop and then say, I don't, uh, and then say like, I don't want the extended warranty. And they were told it was out of stock. And then like five minutes later, they sent another person in asked for the laptop, say they want the warranty, and walked out with it. Uh, and bought it, you know, and walked out with it. Yeah. So then, so they interviewed, so they interviewed the manager of the store, uh, the manager of the store who kind of, 
you know, whatever, denied it and, or, or, or admit, I think he admitted it or something. And then he was, and then he was fired by office Depot who claimed that it was the manager's fault and he had gone rogue. Gone rogue. Right? Yeah. Uh, um, so, and, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I was on some follow-up thing with the TV station. He claims that he, he independently discovered this without reading my article first, whatever. Anyway, so where does this come to subpoena? So several, like a couple, a month or two later, I got a thing in the, I got a thing to the office from a lawyer for the manager of that office depot who was exposed it who was fired and exposed in cbs's news report not even yeah. my news report cbs's news report yeah and they wanted to subpoena my uh anonymous sources for uh for the office depot story so they could depose them mm-hmm. so for a lawsuit against office depot for uh you know for an on I don't know what you call it, unfair firing or, yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'm actually not even sure what Cal like what California law this would violate because in New York it's an at will state, so you could probably fire the person even for a very unjustified purpose, like following your policy. But anyway, uh, you know, I remember referring this to our publisher, and I was like, "Am I going to have to like? Are we going to fight this in court? Am I going to have to hire? You know." whatever and he's like we'll send this to our lawyer but they have no right to ask for our sources yeah and As a, uh and lawyers are not have no right to ask a journalist for their sources uh a journalist mind you, a journalist's notebook is um uh completely constitutionally protected just yeah. a note. but anyway yeah also like once again we weren't a party in this lawsuit it wasn't mm-hmm. even my news report, right? I wasn't even the one who broke the story. That was the, the Los Angeles TV station. Yeah. So, like, I wrote a story on a similar topic, on the right. same topic, and they wanted to mine me for stuff that would help their lawsuit because it would have helped their lawsuit if they could have contacted these folks. Because they could have, because they could have proven that it was happening in other stores. Yes, right. That's what I get it. Trying to do. I yeah. get. I get why they want the information. But it was bad for it would be bad for me because yep. I said nope. I wasn't gonna because nobody would ever over. nobody would ever right. talk to you off the record again. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, we didn't have to go any further with that. Uh, I could see a company being like like my you know, I could see a company you know if I worked for a company that was going to be cheap about it. Being like, well, why don't you just give them the names? Because who cares? It's not yeah. a problem, but it is a problem, right? Uh, so, because it damages you know, in in that particular case, it damages your reputation. You'd never have another anonymous source no, would, on anything. Right, it would damage my right. It would damage my reputation. So right. I was, I was when I got that, I was very concerned. So mm-hmm. anyway, I know how. I know how. I know, I don't know whatever happened with this lawsuit. By the way. But I assume since it's been fifteen year, fourteen years, that it's probably over now. But um, fourteen years this week, we're having yeah, we're having fun going back to uh, to stories that all happened this stuff. week. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like Reddit, I 
Reddit is doing the right thing. They mm-hmm. should do this. I'm glad they're not uh, cheaping yeah. out by refusing to. I mean, granted, I don't know how much they have to pay a lawyer. Maybe they have lawyers on staff who would just write a note and say they're not going to do it because, right. I, I mean, they don't have. I mean, they might also just have form it, letters that say no, thank you, go right, away. I mean, right. I mean, they might as long as they don't have to respond in court. If they have to respond in court, then that costs money they have to pay for those hours but they, well, they got to do it i mean they they are in at stake. they are in court oh. right now they okay. they had to file a motion with the court um to to say that this was an unlawful subpoena uh fifth district in california i think um right. i don't remember information's a little old in my head but i think it was the fifth district court of california um, that they have filed this motion in to to squash the subpoena. So I mean, they're they are challenging it in court right now. So they're they're taking on the expense. They're not they're not cheaping out. <laughs> they they are taking this seriously, and I think that's a good thing um, for any any service provider. You know, for their reputation, but particularly for a, a place like Reddit where interesting conversations happened because people can be anonymous. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens next on this. We are not going to stop following this because this one is absolutely fascinating. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, uh, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, chat with us in the studio. We had some uh, conversation going on tonight. That's always fun. Um, and if you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. Uh, you'll see all of our shows over there. Um, I'm going to be traveling next week, but going to do the show anyway. Uh, so we will be on uh, next Sunday. Uh, it'll be 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, which is where I will be, um, which will be fun. Um, I, we're trying to get better about doing uh, road shows and off shows and stuff like that. So working up some some infrastructure on that right now. So anyway, uh, still lots of, of videos publishing. We've got interviews going up. I've got a ton of unboxing videos that are going to be coming in the next uh, week or two. So keep an eye out for that as well. And I suppose uh, that would be that will be it for tonight. So on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.